you guys have nicknames. I don't have a nickname. You're just Francisco. Yeah, but you have DP. No, but yours, that's I'm... a joke because it's Francisco with a D. But call yeah. me Francisco without the D. Hey there, babies. Welcome to the Good Pies podcast. This is Domino P, aka DP, back at back with it again. Uh, I'm I'm gonna let my co-hosts introduce themselves. Yo yo yo, DP. Uh, this is Dimes, aka Diamonds. Yo yo yo, this is uh, Francisco with the D, aka Franny the Manny, aka Franny for short. Okay, let's start with this. First, how happy are you that the Lakers won, and was was it a surprise that the Lakers won? I'm very happy that the Lakers won, but I'm very disappointed that I took them six games. What the fuck? I I will answer the what the fudge question, and I will say that uh, don't be disappointed. Be happy that you got six games. That's what I'm thankful for. But I I don't think there's much to talk about. I mean, we knew the Lakers were winning, so so let's move on. Oh, what do you guys have in your mind? What what's something new that you're thinking about? I think there's something new we're all thinking about. Yeah, have you guys seen the new Borat movie? <laughs> no, the third I, one? Third Borat? I love the second one. I've just seen it. What, what was it like? Oh my, oh man. Where do I even begin? Like, I loved, I loved the plotline. I loved the fact that it was three hours long. Like, I felt like, you know, I really got, it really satisfied me, you know. I've been looking forward to this movie for a long time now. And three hours, I feel, was, obviously didn't do it justice, but three hours was just just enough for me to leave the cinema satisfied give us a brief review of the plot well what happened in the movie let's start talking about how he literally built his business from the ground up i loved how he started you know all the obstacles he faced along the way like the fact that he lost his he lost his job on the first day yeah that was insane like most people never bounce back from something like that but no what did he do yeah go on remind me dimes what is his job again so some would call it a stockbroker. He's just an, an you know financial guru, if you will. <laughs> yeah, that's what he is. That's what he is to me. And yeah, right. This was the movie we're talking about. The third one, right, where he time traveled back to the eighties to trade penny stocks. <laughs> yeah, the third movie, the third Borat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Yeah, it. that's exactly. It. There was also a part where, um, so he went like on this alien spaceship to this alien planet and made love to this tall beautiful blue alien and but against this like general who was trying to extract all the valuable minerals from this alien planet i thought that was a nice moving part as well of the movie i appreciated the the slight emotional twist that the movie brought within all the other things that were, go- that were going on dime so mm-hmm. going back to borat 3 right so yeah. what did you feel once you saw the movie like can you just explain your emotions once you left the theater or wherever I, you saw the movie from. So yeah, after after watching Bora 2, I was so moved that I started my own business the next day. I, I want to follow, you know, in Bora's footsteps. I feel inspired. I feel very inspired and motivated as well. I mean, if he could do it, why can't I? Why can't you? And why can't you, the listener? But yeah, inspired and motivated. I think these were my two biggest takeaways from this uh, cinematic masterpiece. Franny, Francisco, any comments? Yeah, I just loved how um, the movie was in 4D, even though it was released on Amazon Prime. I, yeah, I loved it. I it loved really how... brought that experience home. Yeah, exactly. Especially when he introduced his friends, uh, Joey, Monica, Chandler, Ross, and Rachel. 
Oh, wow. and there was yeah, that, that was a good they, part. Will they, won't they moment between him and Rachel. Yeah. And then between him and Ross. And then between him and Joey. And um, the laugh tracks, like, whenever they said, like, any sort of something that was funny, I appreciated that as well. They thought the viewers were that stupid that didn't recognize the joke that they had to add a laugh track. Yeah. Behind. No, so, exactly. I, like, for someone who's very stupid, like me, mm-hmm. I like uh, having your cue when to laugh. Yeah, exactly. That, that, yeah. that was great. Like, English is my fourth language. And honestly, like, sometimes the jokes... Like, I didn't even know that was a joke, you know, but then I could hear this laugh track, so I could laugh as well. And I, I found that funny. And at the same time, you know, given quarantine and all that, I mean, I think it's really helpful that they added the laugh track because you feel like you're you're in the cinema, you know, even though I was in the cinema. I was in the cinema in London and there was no laugh track. There was a cry track. That's, that's very profound. Uh, thank you for sharing that. The... Like when they have cry tracks, I think it's so emotional. It really tugs at my heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Like that scene, that scene where like the crazy, power-hungry, like general, like like trashes all the alien houses, right? The schools that the humans built to teach English to these Navi people. They should have added a, a cry track there as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, being as stupid as I am, I, mm-hmm. I needed that cue to know it was indeed a sad moment. Exactly. I was very confused when they added the laugh track at that part where all the children died. Very odd. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, who's, who's laughing? I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get into any hot water here. Maybe for some people, they have that type of humor that finds it funny. But yeah, like that for is Borat, heartbreaking. For, this is like, yeah, this is the sixth movie in the Borat franchise, right? Mm-hmm. I, they, they can't make these these sort of beginner mistakes. Yeah, Borat 6, Modern Warfare. Yeah. Title. Uh, I'll be honest, without a laugh track right now, I'm confused as to when to laugh or when to cry or what you guys are saying. So, yeah, no, definitely. That was, a, that was an amazing touch. Good mm-hmm. uh, good point. But DP, right? you, Sometimes you wish there was a laugh track or a cry track in real life. Wow. That is a very, that's a deep point, you know. Wow. Why was there a two-hour intermission in between the movie? Good. Right in the middle. I don't understand. It, it was it was for quarantine. The intermission was three months long. Um, yeah, you could say it, it depends on how you look at it, really, and depends what units you're using as well. But yeah, it was oh. to answer both oh, your oh questions. Oh no! Oh, do you mean a two-week quarantine? So the intermission was a quarantine. Yeah. yeah. And then it was two hours within three months in two weeks. Okay, that makes sense. Definitely makes. Sense. Mm. Are we using the metric system or the imperial system? I'm using both. Okay, so let's talk about the brilliance of Sasha Baron Cohen for a bit. Mm-hmm. He's made like eight of these Borat movies. Sorry, sorry, let right? me stop you. Sorry. Who's that? Sasha Baron Cohen played the main character. He he fell in love with the Navi people. Oh, I think the Franny can explain street. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was friends with Jonah Hill. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, go, go on. What were you going to say? Sorry. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about like the brilliance of Sasha Baron Cohen. Cohen. Mm-hmm. And like how he just transforms in, like all these different characters. He transforms himself into these different characters and incorporates all these different elements of filmmaking into one movie and then an entire franchise. So what do you guys think about him? You know, I thought he did such a good job at portraying all the emotions, even though he was so young. Like when his mother left, like when his whole family, they took the van and they left to the airport and they left him home alone. Even though he's such a young child, he was still able to portray 
such a wide range of emotions right at the beginning of the movie as well like it just hit you like a ton of bricks imagine being home alone right like when your family is out and it's christmas time and mm. you're sasha baron cohen exactly right? and it, where you're borat in the movie at least what kind of things you know did he have to go through did he have to pull from in order to to act that character out like dimes can you speak of like what kind of personal kind of mm-hmm. things that he had to go through in his mind in order to portray that character of kevin yeah so because i i i don't know his name yeah i call him playdo because you can model him like clay yeah oh good one yeah thank you you know going back to the point where i said um he has such a wide range of emotions that he's capable of portraying in such a short period of time just like with the snap of a finger as soon as his parents and his whole family leave him one of his um one of the people that he's protecting they come over and he has to switch from shocked and sad immediately to the mobster mentality that he's always had and he ages um so quickly he has to deal with protecting one of the many people he's protecting um and he has to make them an offer he can't refuse because Borat's daughter is actually getting married on that same day as right. his family his ability to snap into character mm-hmm. from being a lost child to a grown mobster at the end of his life is just amazing you know when i read the book that the movie is based based on yeah i think it was called Borat Chronicles 4 5 and 6 or something mm-hmm. and when that scene came in the book like the scene and the in the book and the scene in the movie played out like almost perfectly he interpreted the words beautifully and it's like a, exactly what i visualized when i read the book did he not write the books as well i believe he was writing the books while he was filming the movies oh that that explains the the inception that we may have seen definitely yeah, yeah. in the movie that's very interesting yeah. when after you see the movie you think was he just dreaming the whole thing or was it a dream in a dream that's a good point you don't know. the, the he, question he is have... can you dream in a dream you think he wrote the book slash movie in his dreams it's just a product of his dreams or do you think we're in his dream right now do you think he wrote this podcast and he wrote everything that we that we've said and we're going to say that when we don't even know we're just living out in his mind right now you wow. know i just got goosebumps when you said that i believe um goosebumps was what he based the movie on the book i love those books as a child i like uh, picking my own endings if he did base it on those books he definitely deserves yeah. some sort of like pulitzer or something like that yeah cuz yeah, those yeah. books are a work of art i'm disappointed how he's um because before he did all these movies um There's a TV series on HBO and I'm quite disappointed with how the last season ended. I wonder if he'll ever, you know, make a reboot of that or something. I don't know what what, what do you think about that Francisco? I th- I definitely think he should, you know. I think that um adding the the Borat 10 twist on the on what you're referring to. So we all know that Game of Thrones was based on animals, right? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think they did justice to the, the the source content the original content i just feel like they went in a completely different direction it was more like borat than it was like animals mm. which was quite disappointing but i can definitely see why people enjoyed it yeah i, know, I definitely guys. think yeah i definitely think that sasha baron cohen like some of his work you know like flow into each other which can be a good or bad thing i think borat kind of um overflowed into game of thrones and game of thrones overflowed into borat mm-hmm. but mm. i i actually disagree i think it worked for game of thrones okay 
I think having the Borat influence really uh, bolstered, especially the last episode. Like I know people don't like the last episode, the last season, but I think having that Borat influence really like bolsters that. That's just my opinion. No, I respectfully disagree with that one, and I'm on Francisco's side on this one. It was disappointing to say the least. But uh, one of the upsides I would say was uh, the amount of screen time LeBron James had in uh, the latest Borat movie. I found that both visually ple- pleasing and very, very funny as well. Like you wouldn't expect, I mean, to be fair, I would expect LeBron James to be that funny, but you know, your regular watch, your regular movie goer wouldn't expect that. So to see LeBron, you know, be given so much screen time, it felt like, it almost felt like I was watching the NBA finals all over again. So yeah, that was a definite, definite plus. Uh, how did you guys find LeBron's performance in the latest Borat movie? I think, I think this, you know, his performance in the latest Borat movie, this solidifies him as the GOAT. I believe that there's no question anymore between mm-hmm. him and Jordan. I don't think Jordan would be able to perform such a comedic delivery uh, with his timings, with his uh, th- his delivery, his voice inflections when he was telling the jokes. Mm-hmm. I think all of that, uh, he, he executed it so well. I, do, I really don't think Michael Jordan would have been able to yeah do it so he, well he would have been a train wreck absolutely and yeah i agree with, with both of you guys i agree with franny and james in that i think lebron james is the god of basketball and sasha baron cohen is the god of acting and like two both together you know creates a cow and like you there's so much in a cow like you can make so much stuff from it you can make leather jackets from a cow you can make hamburgers from a cow you can uh, you can make ca- carpets, right? You can make fur coats. Like, I-, I don't see, like, anyone else topping this combo. Well, I mean, if LeBron James is watching, we don't want you to get offended, LeBron, because we know that you are vegan. I didn't know he was vegan. Yeah, 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 he's vegan. Oh. He, after spending so much time on the set of Borat 7 uh, with Sasha Burr and Kohan, um, yeah, he turned vegan because Sasha was vegan. The thing about being vegan, right, like, Personally, I'm not vegan. I like my meats. I like my goats. I like my cows. But I've heard that being vegan like gives you a lot of energy and you lose a lot of like your fat if you're on on a vegan diet. Would you do that? Um, I recently saw scientific research, but I'm not sure about the accuracy of it because I'm not intelligent enough to understand what was really written down. But the journalists seem to have summed it up really well. Well, basically, they said that being vegan is actually unhealthy. I cannot go into details, but uh, yeah, I would like to be a vegan. I believe that's what the journalist said, right? Veganism is unhealthy. I can't go into details, but it's unhealthy. Trust me. That's what he probably said. Because and mm. this, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because this can open up a new... Well, I can bring up something I've been meaning to bring up for a long time and... That is appropriate dinner times because in this podcast, Francisco seems to think that having dinner at 11 p.m. on a somewhat regular basis is okay. And if it's not, then why not? That's his question, you know, ignoring the negative effects on digestion, sleep routine, and just about every other productive uh, factor in your life. But yeah, why not? So DP, what do you think of what's the latest appropriate, you know, dinner time? I think dinner should be had at approximately, you know, like 8 p.m., latest 9 p.m. So your body can digest and you can go to sleep at a reasonable time. 
mm-hmm. right? That being said, say for example, you were to have dinner at 11 p.m. You would have to stay awake, right? Your body digests, so that pushes your bedtime back. It pushes like maybe, you know, one or two a.m. And if you go to sleep at one or two a.m., then you can wake up like very late the next day, like at 10 a.m., 11 a.m. And who wakes up so late? You know, it's really unproductive, lazy people that wake up at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. And that that's a, a no-no. Do you think LeBron James or Sacha Baron Cohen wake up at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m.? I don't think they sleep. I think they're working constantly around the clock. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that too. Say for hypothetically speaking, you're working constantly 24-7, right? Mm-hmm. So when do you eat dinner then? Because then time is just a... Like time is meaningless if you're awake you all the time. Whenever you want, at 11 p.m., for instance. But Franny, aren't you going to sleep? Are you working 24/7? Look, bro, I haven't seen sunlight in the past four days, as I mentioned before. I'm I'm currently on a different wavelength to everyone else. So okay, someone's opening up. Yeah, we don't talk about our feelings on this podcast. Just watch, just watch Borat. We just need to go watch Borat 13. All right, everyone. Thanks for watching our review of Borat 3. Um, that was it for our podcast. Be sure to. Follow us on Instagram at goodboys.podcast and uh, like this video if you're watching it on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. We have a lot more content coming out more regularly as well. And uh, yeah, enjoy um, the rest of your day or night and remember to eat at appropriate times. Yeah. If you want to hear more, just subscribe to our Spotify channel or wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And see you next time. Shout out LeBron.